Alrighty, thank God it is Tuesday. Welcome back to another episode of The Buttonista Show. It's me, Taylor Miriam Rayo. And I know nobody asked me, but I got some good news and bad news. The good news is I found a pair of Zara jeans at Style Encore in Clifton Park, and I fit into a size four, which really is like a real life size two, a Zara size four, groundbreaking moment. Bad news. All day when I was getting ready, trying to put my shoes on, I felt like Brendan Fraser in The Whale. I just, I've never had a more difficult time moving my body in these effing size four, stiff as a board, Zara jeans. It's the most uncomfortable experience. I kind of understand now when they ask like, how do you fit all them ass in them jeans, girl? I don't. I literally can't. I can hardly even move in them. What do you mean? It's just beauty is pain. The sizing in the real world is not correct. I felt so good and so bad in two split seconds, but right now I'm feeling particularly good. I am here at Simone's Kitchen. The jeans have stretched out a little bit. The shoes are on. I also want to know, like, I think you're not supposed to wear socks with shoes. That might be a controversial take, but um, Senior Botanista, my granddad, It was like a British thing. Nobody ever wore socks. And I'm sure that means you have smelly feet. So you're a baby's delight. Because anytime you say stinky feet to a baby, it's like the best part of their day. But I just don't really fit in a lot of my shoes right now without socks. And I feel like that's definitely maybe a me problem. But it's just more comfortable. I think it makes more sense. But I know, like way back to episode one of my podcast, I think I revealed that I only like brush my teeth once a day for the most part and saying I don't wear socks or at least I'm not wearing socks right now with my shoes is probably as controversial of a take as not brushing my teeth twice a day was back then. But in case you don't know about Simone's Kitchen, it is right here in the heart of Schenectady on J Street. A plus lighting if you're catching this right now. Beautiful lighting, great atmosphere. I am three drinks deep obviously Saratoga water. I have some salted mocha secret menu item latte, a beet, lemonade. They do it all here. They're Mesa bowls, A plus. My only critique of Simone's is that they don't have a location in Saratoga. That's why I'm here in Schenectady. They have another one in Kuxaki, but it's just like good, fresh, fast, casual food. I wouldn't be as embarrassed if somebody came up to me here when I was eating a bowl than I am like when I'm eating a burrito at Chipotle. This is a much more wholesome proud of yourself sort of experience to come out to Simone's. Um, And I might have to sleep here because it's so icy out right now. I have watched a few people slip and fall, some more dramatic than others. But as I mentioned, these jeans would not allow me to do a full split. It would not allow me to have any kind of grace if I were to fall. So um, I might just grab a pillow and sleep over here. So that's okay. That's fine with me. My whole episode today is... I feel like it's just one one big random assortment from my notepad. I always write things down when I go about my daily life of things that I think I would want to talk about on the podcast. Sometimes they're more interesting than others. Today we got some questions for you guys. Um, well, actually questions for me from you guys from good old Instagram. We have um, a big a big bone to pick with the senior botanista, as well as a nice creative idea for her. And something that is taking up way too much real estate in my brain right now. I don't know why. I don't know if it's a sign. I don't know if this is foreshadowing. I watched something on the Today Show about, like, what your dreams mean and how, like, your dreams are just a reflection of, like, what's going on in your life. Like, if you're having a dream where you're screaming and nobody can hear you, that means that... Um, you know, you're not being heard in real life by your peers and that you're going to have 100,000 dreams in your lifetime. And also, in case anybody was wondering, India is only 80 years old. Just two numbers that I wanted to throw out to you today. But I don't know what sign I'm getting, but like 80% of my brain right now is the professional fire restoration commercial. And I'm so upset about this. I have the TV on as background noise like most people do on any given day. And there are a lot of jingles out there. It's something that I've talked about uh, with my team at Two Buttons Deep. It's things that just kind of band the capital region together, brands that you know and love. But there's a couple that just stick with you for some reason. And lately, I've just found myself in my free time, spare moments, singing the Professional Fire Restoration theme song. Professional Fire Restoration Cleaning up a messy situation. 
it goes on. Oh, my God, there's one spot. There's one. I got to set up a camera or something. I mean, there is one tricky spot. If I could do anything, I don't know. I'm already wearing a bright green sweater. Maybe I could flash the people here at Simone's. But if you're listening live and you're on J Street, just be careful of that corner. I don't even know what professional fire restoration is, okay? I've never had a fire. I've never had to deal with this. I mean, I can put the context clues together of what they do, but it's just such a unique and niche sort of service that you never want to have to use. But of course, just like Harding and Mazzotti and all the rest in the biz, you know they're the only people I will ever think of if I find myself in this situation. But why I'm explaining this is because it's just gone a few more steps than me just like doing that to myself. And when I was little, I feel like when you had a song stuck in your head, it was like painstaking. Like it it never went away. I feel like it just, maybe you had less things to concentrate on. Like you didn't have a cell phone. There was no Instagram. Like you just were like, how can I get this song out of my head? And not to mention, we did not have the freedom to just play songs whenever we wanted. I mean, you had CDs, but, like, if you had a song stuck in your head, you would just, like, pray that it came on the radio at some point and you could hear it, and that's what people say. It's like, you have to hear it one more time, and then it will get out of your system. That wasn't happening to me. And then after, like, consciously noticing I was thinking about professional fire restoration a lot, which, by the way, if they want to sponsor the podcast, please feel free. There's plenty of room. Not doing a lot of ad rates on this show nowadays. Just kidding. But I walked into Crossgates the other day. I wanted to pop into the Czar sale, and I literally step on the elevator and I don't necessarily notice music at the mall. I step on the escalator to go down professional fire. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? This song is following me. So now it's in my head at home. It's on the TV. I'm singing it in the car. I get to Crossgates, go down the escalator. Here's the song again. I kid you not. Third time's a charm that night. Next day I'm on Twitter and I see a tweet from Stella Porter from WNYT, News Channel 13. She tweets at Professional Fire Restoration and says, I want to, like, credit the person who wrote your jingle. Me and Christina Talamo are obsessed with it. We love Professional Fire Restoration. Like, I need to meet these guys. Do I idolize them? Do I hate them? Am I going to have a house fire in the near future? I have no idea, but I feel like their theme song is following me. And I would take it any day over the other one that I keep seeing right now, which is a New York Quits commercial. And the kid is singing this, like, horrible... I can't even remember if it's a real song or he's making up a song and he's so sad. And it's, like, obviously you have cancer from smoking. It's, like, his big sister or something. I I get that, like, you have to watch scary things to not want to... Oh, my... Oh, my fucking God. I feel like I'm watching a live episode of America's Funniest Home Videos. It's not funny to you because you're listening. You got your headphones in somewhere. But someone just ran by on the street. I should be commentating. This is, like... I could be going viral, but instead I'm sitting here doing this show. So if anybody has a link uh, to professional fire restoration, I think I just need to clear the air with them. I just need to let them know how much I'm thinking about them. And to Stella Porter and Christina Talamo, girls, it's not up there with the rankings of the best jingles. I just don't think I'll give that to you. It's not my favorite. It's, It's bothering me. Um, and I just, I, ha- I just have a very weird feeling about it. But the fact that they tweeted it, I heard it at Crossgates. It's in my head. Hopefully me doing this podcast means it's officially leaving my system right now because there's so many other things that I need to talk about in my brain. Um, this beet lemonade is really good that I'm drinking. Oh, like this is a joke. This running on the thing is a joke. The beet lemonade is really good. And it reminded me of something else that I'm, I'm trying not to be obsessed with. I'll touch on sort of a theory that I have uh, later when I present to you my real five random things. But I've recently learned that people are concerned with getting their greens. Like they don't think they're getting enough greens. And there's all these like supplements in podcasts and shit that people want you to take. They want you to eat like fucking 72 greens a day. And I'm just trying to fight it with every bone in my body and telling myself that I don't need 80 greens. I don't need even eight greens or the greens that I get are the greens that are good enough for me. It is like 70, 90, hundreds of dollars to get these supplements shipped to your house. I'm hearing about it on every single show I listen to. And I don't want to get sucked into this hype. It's literally Mythbusters, as I discussed on last week's episode. I, I almost want to just try it just to put it to bed and debunk it. I tried to do some research on it yesterday. Um, 
I didn't get far enough to, to click purchase. I just can't figure out, like, like I feel like I'm going to end up being, like, the 80-year-old grandma who, like, didn't go to the doctor since, like, the Second World War and is healthier than anybody. Like, I just think the less things that you buy into, you probably the better. Like, I haven't been to the doctor in years. I, I don't really do anything in moderation. And I feel perfectly fine. I feel healthy. Like, I hang out with girls and people in my life that are like constantly complaining you know they're bloated their back hurts they have really bad cramps they can't eat this like I I I just think that we're we're so consumed with certain products like don't get me wrong did I just buy some skincare at TJ Maxx because it was a good brand and it was on sale yes but moderating the amount of voices in your head that are saying what is so healthy I mean how many years have we lived on planet earth just eating the amount of greens that we need to eat. And then now all of a sudden it's like a fucking crisis that you're not getting enough of them and you need to take a shot with your water every morning. I just, I don't know. Mythbusters is inching closer and closer to my purview just to put it to bed and make people feel less pressure about themselves. Right here, we were drinking one of my third drinks and were asked if we wanted oat milk or whole milk. And sometimes I won't lie. I feel a little... Um, like I'm being judged if I get a latte somewhere and I just say whole milk. Cause then I think people are like, of course, fatty patty, like you don't even fit in your jeans. Of course you're getting whole milk. And there's like such a bad rep for getting whole milk when there's all these milk alternatives. There's oat milk, there's almond milk, there's coconut milk, there's breast milk. I mean, breast milk is the best milk. Where did we, where did we get so off track with milk? Again, it's a marketing tactic that people think you're like cooler, more hip, hip, healthier. The reason why they invented alternative milks. All right, there is some weird shit happening. This lady just threw what could be a sandwich in tinfoil down to another woman. Just a piece of tinfoil. It could have been, it could have been a pita from Simone's. It looks about that size. It could have been a peanut butter sandwich. There is some history here with this apartment uh, on J Street. I've had some interesting encounters um that you know require us now to have security at our live events just based on the things that go on on j street and it's hard not to be distracted when i'm delivering such an important message about milk let's just go back to the history gods like i said breast milk is the best milk it was probably the first milk on earth right then people decided you know udders are kind of like nipples let's get it from the cows now we have the introduction of milk right here's a brief history of milk brought to you by the buttonista then People develop milk allergies. I don't know about you, but when I was in kindergarten, like one person had an allergy, you know? And I don't know, not, not a conspiracy theory, but like there's just a lot more out there, right? There's a lot more allergies, a lot more things. And then now it's cool to go alternative milk when really alternative milks were invented to be a substitute for those that were lactose intolerant and wanted to enjoy the benefits of milk cereals, yogurts, what have you. And we're taking advantage of it, people. We are taking advantage of the milk market. Go back to your mother's milk. Go back to your roots. Drink a whole milk latte. It's not going to kill you. And the fact that oat milk is now coming out to have more sugar and cholesterol and no health benefits. If you like the taste of oat milk, raise your hand. I'm here with you. However, don't be ashamed to be a milk drinker, not with dinner, but just let's get back to our roots with the milk thing, okay? Um, I'm telling that lady up there who's probably going to need some milk with her peanut butter and jelly that she's going to be uh, having now that somebody rescued it from her on the street. All right. Next up, it's a topic that I wanted to put out there into the world in a condensed and concise tweet. But I wasn't really sure how to get the whole story out here. And it's something that I've talked about for years on my page, certainly in conversation, 100%. I went shopping with my mom this weekend and I lost her in every single store that we went into together. I am not kidding. We probably went into, I don't know, 15 stores in the course of two days, running errands, going to the mall. And I would say I lost her in every single one. I lost her to the point of panic in about three to four. And I don't know how to get this to stop. I mean, I'm 29 years old. There's absolutely no reason for me to be scared 
We arrive at the store together. We go in. And then we just separate. And for some reason, it's as if she got picked up by a spaceship. And I can't find her anywhere. We did it on Saturday morning. And I was just in a strip mall. We were going to get a sneaky cheeky tan. And she said, I want to go to Rite Aid after. And I don't like really Rite Aid. not really a big Rite Aid girl. But I'm like, whatever. We look like absolute shit. Wanted to be in and out. But she's like, we got to go to Rite Aid, see if there's any deals. So I'm like, okay. Now, I know that she usually tans for like two more longer minutes than me. I get done before her. And I'm like, there's one of two things that could happen here. I know my mom. One is she got done before me because she like turns it on immediately. Like she doesn't, uh, she doesn't really wait like to like, get undressed. She just presses the button, hops in there, doesn't really abide by the rules of time. So she's either out of there before me and she's now gone to Rite Aid because that's what she told me she was going to do. Or she's tanning for two minutes longer and she's going to go to Rite Aid. So I'm going to go to Rite Aid and meet her. It ended up adding like an extra 30 minutes to this 10 minute errand because I am perusing the aisles of Rite Aid looking at like, I don't know, expired nail polish and bald men looking for heartburn pills. And I can't find my mom effing anywhere. Now, she is probably 750 feet away from me, and I feel like I'm never going to see her again. Like, this is where I think maybe therapy could be a good introduction back into my life because my heart has sunk. I'm like, I think the worst. I'm like, did she, like, have a heart attack in the tanning bed? Like, where is she? Like, do I have to go back to the tanning place and say, did you see that, like, poorly dressed woman, you know, in her pajamas and an overcoat, and can you help me find her? I'm calling her. I accidentally butt dialed Jack because I looked at the time and like it was around the time that I was panicking that I couldn't find my mom. So I'm just like blowing up her phone. Nothing logical is coming into my mind. I'm not thinking like she's in the tanning place waiting for me. I'm not thinking, you know, she went back to the car. I think I was so flustered that an employee actually went up to me and said, can I help you find something? And I literally looked at her like I was five and said, yeah, my mom. Like that's how scared I am when I lose her in the store. Turns out she was in Benson's Pet Center, which is conveniently located in the middle of the sneaky cheeky tan place and the Rite Aid. Turned into like a little argument. Cause I'm like, mom, like what the hell? Like you said you were going to Rite Aid. And she's like, oh my God, I was looking for you. I thought we got it out of the way early. This was our first errand of a weekend together. And it only continued in every single store. I lost her at Dick's. I lost her in Zara. I lost her at JCPenney. I lost her at Kohl's. How can I, like, I literally, besides handcuffing her, I have her location already. There's nothing that 29-year-old me can be told that can calm me down when I lose my mom in a store. And I think it's just, you have those memories as a kid. Maybe like how they said in your dreams, like you just have certain things that just stick with you for the rest of your life. In the panic of losing my mom, at a store will never go away. I think the ice skating rink is open by this point at a, on J Street if anybody wants to come out for a skate. But I can't help but be mad at her when I lose her. But she also doesn't want me to be like up her bum when you're, when you're shopping. I have like very strict shopping criteria. Like when you have like a girlfriend that's like, oh, I want to go shopping with you or whatever, I have to politely decline. Like I only shop with a few people in my life my mom is one of them. My sister, I'll shop with her. But other than that, I mean, you know I have a hard and fast rule that men and women should never cohabitate a store together ever. You should not be seen at Target with your man. You should not be seen at uh, Marshall's with your man. Your man shouldn't even know what Marshall's is. That's just not, not a good idea to go shopping with your significant other. And it's not even, to me, an enjoyable experience to go shopping with a friend because you need somebody that just gets you, you know? Even though my mom maybe will, will separate from me a bit, I know she's going like item by item, red ticket by red ticket, and that's how she scores the best finds because she's a patient shopper. She does a full loop, and I know that, and I need to learn to embrace that a little bit more because she is my ride-or-die shopping buddy. But one of these days, I will be getting on the loudspeaker, begging and pleading for somebody to return my mom to me, if we can't get it together. I think I'll try a leash system next time we go out because this weekend in general was probably one of the most painstaking losses, but I just don't know how to sum it up into a tweet or a 
a thing that people can relate to as easily as I can because, you know, you guys probably go shopping with everybody. You probably do break the cardinal rule and you bring you bring significant others and men and friends and it's not a free for all, okay? It's a strategic process of shopping, finding what you're looking for. I mean, every weekend when I'm with my mom consists of going shopping and running errands and I just I can't I can't stand the tears no more. Just kidding, I didn't cry, but honestly I wouldn't be surprised if I did. All right, next up we have five random things, as if it hasn't already been a little bit of that so far, but five random things is brought to you by Empire 2. Listen, how do I get all that in them jeans? I've been doing damn January, baby. Can't you tell? I got no alcohol on the table right now. Yes, the show is brought to you by Miller Lite, but if you're looking to do damp January, mix it in with a little liquor, a little alcohol, Empire Wine and Empire Two are the place that you're going to want to go to get all of your little fixins to stay cozy in January and just make yourself feel better about, you know, socializing while drinking, putting drinking first. Once you stop, it's not that bad and you can mix it up with fun little things at Empire Two, which is located like right down the street from Empire Wine's location in Albany. They have a ton of non-alcoholic beers. They have non-alcoholic wines, which... I'm curious to try. If I had to guess, I probably would prefer the real thing. But not only do they have that, they have like little cute um, spirits to make mocktails with. They have bitters. They have citrusy things. And they have all little just like cute gifts to get your retail therapy in. I could lose my mom at Empire Wine. At Empire 2, it's a little smaller, a little more manageable. I think I'd be able to keep eyes on her at all times. But it's kind of the perfect one-two punch if you're just looking to stock up, make your bar cart look good. I have been doing a pretty successful damp January thanks to an app that I've used in the past. It's called Try Dry. And you just basically log every single day that you haven't drank. You can set rules and parameters for yourself, but there's just something about checking it off every day. It'll send you a little notification, asked if you stayed dry or not. And it just makes you feel accomplished. I was talking to my dad who recently had quit drinking for 18 months, I think. And then he drank actually at his wedding, but it was just like a one-time thing. But he said to me about the not drinking, because I told him I was trying it. He said, you'll never regret not drinking, just like you'll never regret not going to the gym. Like you never go to the gym and say, fuck, I shouldn't have done that. So if you want to try dry or you just want to go damp a little bit, Visit Empire Wine and Empire Two, and you can do the best of both worlds. Way less pressure when you're saying, okay, I'm just not going to drink during the week. That's where I get my NA brands in, or I just drink tea, coffee, whatever. And then on the weekends, when we want to go a couple buttons deep, we go to Empire and we pick up a little wine. Number one, to redeem the senior botanista, I have another great idea for a new series with my mom. Just got to figure out how it would work. My mom is a in my opinion, a very eligible bachelorette. She is 60 and single and she is fun and silly and has so much to offer. But man, when I tell you the, the over 60 dating market is rough, it's really rough. Like she might have better luck in Antarctica because nothing is turning up here in the capital region when it comes to uh, males on online dating apps. So you know, it's not really the easiest topic for her to talk about. Like, I hate when she catches up with people and, you know, they ask her if she's seeing anybody. Like, it's kind of an obvious no at this point. And the dating app's just, it's not pretty. It's not a good look. But her and I have had so much fun over the years when she was willing to get on the app. Just reading these people's profiles, you know, looking at the pictures at face value. I've never laughed hard. I might actually have abs by the end of the year if she stays on the apps because, the reactions that just come out of her and I when we are swiping together are second to none. And it's probably been like, honestly, two or three years that she's like publicly been on a dating app. Um, she hasn't gone on a date in God knows how long. And I do track her on her iPhone. So I know all her movements and she really hasn't been on a date. But we're talking to another one of my friends that's single. She was on the app and my mom and I were at the local in Saratoga. And she's like, let's just get on it. I, li I peed my pants. Like, I literally peed my pants. So I, I think if I do a little Sunday swipe with the senior botanista and we can just, gen like, genuinely react to some of the things that are going on on these apps, 
there's nobody that can't laugh at it besides the guys that are writing this profile. I mean, I, it's hard to tell at that age. Like, I think there's a lot of catfishers out there. I think there's a lot of people that are putting out really ridiculous things just to get a reaction, you know, kind of like the, you know, we're looking to add a third type of situation, just like inappropriate, weird, um, so much more than like your guy holding a fish pictures. And if I could just show both screens of like her and I laughing and then the profile and what's really getting us going, I mean, some of the stuff, the questions that they ask you now on Hinge and I'm a... um. I'm a dating app virgin, I guess. I've never had one. I've never been on one, never had the need. Um, and I get how hard that is. And I think, like, people ask me all the time, like, oh, you should do, like, like you know, not say dating advice, but, like, one of my friends the other day was like, oh, I just went on a first date, and the guy was, like, dipping, like, chewing tobacco on our first date. Like, is that acceptable? Like, I need, like, a wing woman to be able to explain this stuff because I'm not, I'm not on a dating app, but I think it could be my mom. I think we could maybe get her a hookup this year and if not at least I'll get abs from laughing at the the talent pool out there and that's you know it's not to be discouraging it's just what we're seeing right now and hey maybe we'll see someone we like if you don't swipe you don't like you're never going to get there number two there's a lot going on right now about people in political power stealing physical documents and bringing them to their house to hide them. And I don't want to talk about the politics side of it. I just want to kind of understand and wrap my mind around how, how are we stealing like physical pieces of paper and bringing them to our house and hiding them in these modern times? Like Joe Biden's, you know, clearly doing it now. They're finding things in his house and who knows, in his driveway. Like, I don't know where. They're just turning up these documents all of a sudden. Obviously, we know Donald Trump, my morning doppelganger, he got caught for it in the past. Like, why are there printed documents anymore? Like, what, what is the printer situation at the White House? Like, like if, you're, if you have something important in your life, like, I think we could, we could take a lesson from, like, you know, Live Nation, Ticketmaster, like, you, you have it in your email. Like, you have a digital copy of the most important things in your life. Like, how many rooms do they have that are dedicated to filing cabinets? How many pieces of paper could there possibly be? And how do you know which ones to take? And, like, no one's going to notice that they're gone? Like, this just seems to be such an antiquated problem that is obviously causing, you know, a lot of ruffled political panties. And... It just doesn't make sense to me. I want like a five minute breakdown of like, like where, where do the documents live? Who's getting them? Like, is this a heist situation? Like, are we, you know, dressing in all black? Are we taking the Mona Lisa? Like, is it, is it a jewelry situation? Like, what are we taking and what, what is so damning, like damaging about, about the documents? I just, I can't, I literally can't comprehend a situation where you're like, I'm just going to pick up all these pieces of paper and take them home. And then hope that nobody knows that they're gone. Like, I've no, I know that that has happened with, like, um, like murder documentaries and stuff. Like, maybe someone, like, on the inside will, like, grab a piece of evidence or, like, you know, something gets lost. Like, could they just not, like, couldn't they, like, set off an indoor sprinkler system and, like, maybe just, like, damage the paper? Like, I just, I'm just not really wrapping my mind around the fact that people want printed pieces of paper in 2023. If you need any printers in your life, get a thermal label printer. That's the only printer that you need. You don't need a physical printer. I have not printed out a piece of paper, it, honestly, in my adult life outside of an office, which I get the White House is an office, but I don't know. I think we got to really, we got to really hit the hammer hard on these guys. Like just, just, just move to a digital environment. That's really the only thing I could think of when it comes to that. But it's, it's, it's a challenging one and one that I really hope somebody could break down for me. Not like people slamming Tom Brady last night. I feel like that was the talk of the town to, to keep football active in the Botanista show. Everybody wants to know what Tom Brady's next move is. They asked him last night. They're analyzing every word of his post-game speech after he lost to the Cowboys. Has nobody turned on the TV? It's the 80 for Brady movie. Like, that would have been the best advertisement ever if he just told everybody that it's the 80 for Brady movie that just came out with Jane Fonda and um, all those old gals. Like, it's like the, 
you know, those Betty White successors are creating a feature film about Tom Brady going to the Super Bowl and them going to chase him down. Like, that's, that's the answer that Tom Brady needed last night and that I drink more water than him. Next up, another big concern that has been on my radar, similar to the um, needing to subscribe to get your, um, you know, your greens delivered to you digitally in a pill form, is there is like one enemy, number one in 2023, and I'm calling it the Stanley Cup Army. I have never been more intimidated by a group of girls than seeing a group of girls holding Stanley Cups. Like, I know that they've taken over for the past, like, probably year or so. The pail, handle, straw, heavy AF water cups that I truly think are intimidating, not just by the sheer volume of them that I'm seeing in the outside world, but the fact that you could probably knock someone out with one. You could hit somebody in the head with a Stanley Cup and it would be bad news. And I'm getting this like this feeling that when I see one and I see a girl that has one, it's like I know everything about her just by looking at it. You know, when I was in college, I couldn't afford like, I mean, anything like I wanted hunter boots so bad. I thought I was going to like I would have murdered somebody for them, you know, and I'm, I'm really embarrassed about that. I don't have a lot of regrets in my life, but like how bad I wanted hunter boots is an actual regret that I have because they're so ugly, but they were such a status symbol at the time of college. Like you had no idea what you were going to do if it rained. Like you wouldn't, your legs wouldn't work during a rainy day on campus unless you had hunter boots. Like tell me you understand what that felt like. I wanted them so bad, but they were hundreds of dollars for like rubber baby boots. And I'm, I never bought them and I stayed strong. I'm going to stay strong with my greens. And I think I'm going to stay strong on the Stanley Cup army because I'm so scared of the girls that have them. I feel like just with one look, I'm like, you You were the girl with the hunter boots. You were the girl with the Lily Pulitzer dress at the track. You were the girl with the floor-length North Face. Like, it just represents this, like, middle-class status that is somehow more intimidating than like somebody wearing like a Louis Vuitton or something or like dressed to the nines. Like that scares me less than a girl holding a middle-class status symbol. Gucci belt, same thing. Like if I, if I see a Gucci belt on the street, I start walking the other way because I just don't know what's going to happen. It's just a very predictable type of item that we, again, get caught up in having to buy. And I want to be a little respectful of the fact that the Stanley Cup is... Um, it's valuable in the sense that it provides a service to your life. A Gucci belt literally doesn't. Like it just, people bought it just because they wanted a Gucci belt and then they wore it with Target jeans and a, you know, a tank top from Target, you know, when you have a thousand dollar belt on for what reason? You want people to know that you have a Gucci belt. At least a cup for water has a purpose in your life. Um, but in a practical standpoint, I know it stays super cold, but like I see people out at the bars with them. I've been a water bottle at the bar, girl. But this one in particular, sometimes it gets to a tipping point, like silly bands or whatever, where like you see it enough that it makes you go like hipster on it and be like, I don't want it. And now I think it also classifies like a type of a type of person that has that. I was reading an article in the New York Times that there's people out there that have like four or five Stanley Cups. That's 40, 40 times five. That's like hundreds of dollars of of cold cups it's 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 a lot of money it where what happened to the yeti and the stanley brand has been around for over a hundred years it's a hundred and ten year old company and they are having a renaissance with the millennials and gen z's of america until the next cup next cup comes along and then if you have a cup drawer like me it spills over every time you bend down. They're everywhere. They're disorganized. I am looking for unorganized. I don't like disorganized. Disorganized is a word. Um, I need a, a water bottle holder. They sell them at Home Goods where you can like actually slot them in and organize them. But your Stanley Cup wouldn't even fit. It's too big. Just, just It's just too big. If I have to live with the um, the mystery in my life of like showing up with a a plastic water bottle every day to the gym. Maybe on the outside, that doesn't look eco-friendly, but I love the mystery of people going, does she have like a six-pack of smart water at her house or does she reuse it? I hope they think 
that I just have unlimited plastic bottles of water, not because I don't like the environment, but because I like fresh water. But you know what? I just reuse that. I feel like it's more approachable on the streets. I feel like I'm more agile with it. It's bendy. If it's empty, I don't really worry about it. But if I want to fill it up, I can. And I'm not worried about carrying around a $40 prized possession everywhere I go that doesn't fold, doesn't fit in a bag, can't tip over. I guess maybe it can because of the straw. But if you are holding a Stanley Cup, you're out there, just know I am very scared of you. I am intimidated by you. And I am really glad that you've made the decision to keep cold water in your vicinity for 24 plus hours. Um, the last but not least, this is just an observation. Simone's Kitchen actually has an amazing outdoor seating section here. Um, however, today it is, you know, 20-something degrees. We've talked a lot about the figure skaters and the slipping that's going on. But one thing I've noticed in the post-COVID world is I feel like people's tolerance for sitting outside has absolutely skyrocketed. Like, my mom lives in sort of a, a public place And people can sit out there for coffee and whatnot. And the other day, it was 24 degrees. And there's people just sitting outside, enjoying coffee. I was at Uncommon Grounds in Clifton Park. Same thing. People are just so happy to sit outside in all types of weather right now. And I'm going to go ahead and classify that as like a, a positive thing, but also a completely crazy thing. There's in no world a day like yesterday when it's 20 something that the outdoor seats at Uncommon Grounds in Clifton Park should be packed. Like, I want to know, is it because you just want you want to, like, take advantage of the fresh air? Or are you still that worried about people breathing on you? I don't have all the answers. Sometimes you'll see me doing it, but only in, like, a third summer vibe. But get out there. Get out there. Slip on the ice. Sit outside. Do whatever what you want to do. That's all I got for you guys today. So thank you. Uh, don't forget to like the show. Leave me a little review. I saw a couple more pop in last week. So do that for me. Tell your friends about the buttonies to show. And as always, I will see you next Tuesday. All right, fuck guys. I totally forgot to answer some of the questions that I got. So I'm back on the mic. Just a brief interruption. I'm not that good at editing. So I'm back. Have a few questions that I want to run through. Only a few. You guys could send me more, but I could also like send it to you the day before. So you have some time to think about it. We'll start with the easy one and then it's going to get a little weird. Uh, First up, winter shoes. Abigail, I know you're listening. She asks me about shoes for every season and I am so grateful. It is so important. The shoes are the windows to the soul. And this time of year is a very difficult time of year. To find the right shoes and also find balance in your life between not um, over-investing in the wrong kind of shoes, but also like almost the opposite problem of not spending enough money to get quality shoes because you really want to find balance this time of year. You want things that are going to work for you and things that you're actually going to be able to wear. Like my boyfriend the other day said he he had like duck shoes and I'm like what are you talking about and it's like when the bottom flap like uh, separates from the top half and I'm like that's embarrassing like that's not good that means you wore your shoes so much that they literally split the soles in half and that's probably an indication that unfortunately you're not wearing quality shoes so first things first on winter shoe recommendations make sure that you're buying a pair that is quality sometimes price does equal quantity, but sometimes you got to like Subaru it a little bit and go with a pair of Sorrells or something that actually like amplifies and uh, means winter, like a Sorrell pair of boots, while not the most fashionable to me represents what winter means. And that's why I have a pair. I bought mine on Revolve last year just to make myself feel a little bit better, but they're casual, They're kind of like a hiking winter looking boot without the hiking functionality. And I think for the shorter gals, the more petite a winter shoe tip is to get something that has a platform to it that has a big, thick, chunky rubber sole. So you can still get the height and some of the fashion that you're looking for, but you're walking on an even plane and you're not wearing heels when it's super slick and rainy. Um, And to go with that really would be any sort of like rubbery, not the hunter boots that we just talked about, but a thick rubber sole boot that also goes above your ankles. We do not need booties. We do not need low boots. We need something that you can pull up a full pair of socks if you're wearing socks with your boots. 
that your feet are warm, not too warm. I also run into the problem where if you do wear socks with boots and your socks are like super tight, then your toes get stuck together and you can't wiggle them. I mean, did I climb Mount Everest? Like, am I a superstar hiking expert to know that? No, but I have spent a few hours in the freezing cold in inappropriate footwear. So anything that has a little bit of grip on the bottom, I'm wearing a brand new pair of Zara shoes today that have not been broken in. So they're slippery. You need to like literally like kind of like do a little dance, like get your feet into the ground, like shake it like a salt shaker, get that salt into it because you will slip and fall. I don't recommend you know, buying your pumps or wearing your pumps this time of year. You can wear tall, high boots that are sexy with tights that can get you to from, you know, point A to point B. But think about function this time of year. Don't be afraid to spend a little bit more money than you're used to to get something that's practical. And as we know, I also love a pair of Uggs. I just had to order another pair because mine were taken away too soon. They were um, not to throw any specific fitness facility under the bus, but they were uh, brutally thrown away uh, at the gym. And uh, I don't know if that was like a PSA from the fashion gods that said, you know, Taylor, you can't be walking around in these Uggs anymore. Or it was just a little mishap and a misunderstanding. But my Uggs, platform Uggs, were thrown away, but I did promptly order a new one for dog walks, sneaky cheeky tans and errands and things like that. Block heel, rubber sole, high ankle, just protect yourself and don't go too crazy for the winter shoes. You're only going to be wearing them for a few months. Second question is, and this is a huge compliment. I I really appreciate this. I don't know if it's really true. How did you get on the fluffy eyebrow trend before everyone else? Thank you. It's one of my mottos in life to say that, you know, even on my worst of days, at least my eyebrows had a good day. Like that's something that I say all the time. It's something that I mean within my soul. Um, I pride myself on my eyebrows when I don't feel 100%, when I don't think I look good, when I don't want to wear makeup and go all out, I do fluff the eyebrows a little bit. And the fluffy eyebrow trend is definitely taken over in the last few years. I think people maybe that follow me recognize me as one of the ones that like popularized it maybe in the area because you definitely notice my eyebrows when you meet me. Um, I think I've been going a little too heavy on them, but to answer the question specifically, I've always gone to Fatima for my eyebrows. And years ago, my my first appointment, um, I don't know if she still does this, but if you were like going somewhere, like you had makeup on, you had to continue your day, she would kind of make your eyebrows look nice as if like a makeup artist would, like fill them in a little bit. And she colored them in or whatever, which I don't. I don't use any color on my eyebrows. And she used what is called soap brows. And it's literally a little tin of soap. I've done videos on this in the past, but it was a while ago when I had not as many followers. And it's a little tiny tin of soap. You put a little facial mist, a little Mario, and a spoolie, like an actual, you know, kind of like mascara brush, eyebrow spoolie. And after mixing it up, you just give your brows a little fluff. I think it just makes your face look more like established. It makes your eyes really pop. And the soap with the adhesive of the mist just kind of keeps them there all day. I've noticed, I think I'm, I'm, I'm misting and soaping like a little too much. Um, they can be a little intense at times, but I always get asked if I laminate them. I don't, I, I swear, I mean, I'm sure laminating was a thing, but it definitely wasn't like a well-known thing when I was doing this to my brows. Um, so I really appreciate kind of getting, getting the cred for that. You know, I mean, they're still building statues to memorialize and represent people. If you guys want to build a statue and remember me by my eyebrows when I'm dead and gone, I'm completely happy with that. The other piece of advice that I will always give, and this is just hammered down from generations of women in my life, my mom, you know, shaving is a slippery slope. Removing hair is a slippery slope. And as we know, some of us know by learning the hard way, thin eyebrows just ain't it. You don't want to get into a situation where you're spending tons of money to, you know, recreate a look that you just simply got rid of on your own by over tweezing and overdoing it. And even at this point to maintain the fluffy brow overgrown look, even though I love going to that brow girl, as she I think is called on Instagram or used to be called, um, as much as I love going to her and seeing her and she has an awesome space in Gilderland and Chroma Salon and Spa, I only get my eyebrows done once, maybe twice a year. I do not pluck them. I do not tweeze them. I do zero 
brow maintenance besides the one or two times a year where I'm like, it's looking a little scary up there. And I need somebody to help me just kind of bring it back to a base level. Otherwise, let it grow, let it flow, baby. And Soap Brows is a British company. So you have to order them, I think, still kind of from the UK. I know like one maybe place here around has it locally, but you're better off just ordering it online. It's not expensive. It lasts forever. And I highly, highly recommend the fluffy look. I think it just adds a lot to your to your vibe. It's a little fun. And like doing nothing with your brows is no longer an option. We have to be focused on the full face here. Last question. This is a wacky one. Um, I got a question from my, my dear pal, Michael Rich, who dressed up for me as Halloween, speaking of uh, memorializing uh, Botanista-related things. He wants to know, is it time for Madonna to give it up? And I'm glad that I read his question like at the perfect time of my day because I was listening to, uh, I believe it was the Drew Barrymore show actually this morning, and Madonna just announced a tour. It's called the Celebration Tour. And she is like ready to giddy the fuck up like you've never seen before based on this announcement video. I was doing a little research after Michael asked a question and she like scrubbed her Instagram completely, was teasing a big announcement and I didn't want to answer this question, you know, about whether she's ready to hang it up or not until I actually watched the announcement video, which I heard in this preview on TV that uh the person said they would have gotten canceled if they played it. So immediately, I'm intrigued. I like all things that are, you know, a, f- a few uh, a few buttons deep or a little inappropriate. So I want to play the first few seconds of the video here, and then we can decide uh, if we think Madonna is ready to hang it up or not, or if she should really go balls to the walls with the celebration tour. Many so, members, as you enjoy hold on. Social activities with your family, we have an ad. Thanks, YouTube. And your loved one- all right, here we go. This is Madonna announcing the celebration tour. Maybe. We're really relying on Simone's kitchen. I just want to make sure you all know why you're here. Yes. In this room, all bets are off. This is tough. Amy Schumer. Oh. Truth or dare? Dare, bitch. Wow, starting off with a dare. I want you to show me with this spread how you lick your husband's asshole. I mean, butthole. I think we're done. I think we're done. Oh, my God. Nope. (laughs) Okay, what? Let me just set the scene for you. It is a black and white video. There's a real ragtag group of celebrities seated at the table. That was a conversation between Madonna and Amy Schumer. Jack Black is there. Little Wayne is there. Uh, Meg Salter is there, who is hysterical. She's on Hacks, and she's good friends with Benny Drama. She's hilarious. I love that she's in with the A-list here. But they're sitting around a table playing Truth or Dare, and in that clip, she asks Amy Schumer to take a piece of, like, round, like, bread. It looks like a like a garlic knot, but, like, out of a Cheez-It bag, and asks her to demonstrate how she licks her husband's BH. Madonna also, by the way, um, she has French braids in her hair and she's wearing a grill. So is it time for Madonna to hang it up based on the nature of that video? I'm really torn. Um, Part of me is having Taylor Swift-like flashback FOMO in the sense of like, if this is a a precursor and a foreshadowing to what Madonna's tour is going to be like, I absolutely have to get a seat to this stadium or whatever venue she's selling out for this because holy shit, she is is not in the position to give an F in this video. I would like to keep watching. There's one point Jack Black is like shirtless and I think someone's like sucking something, like maybe taking like a body shot off of Lil Wayne. Um, Eric Andre, he's a comedian. He's in there. I mean, it's just a really eclectic mix of people. Very inappropriate. So really right up my alley. Um... I don't know a lot about Madonna. Um, I have one very vivid memory. Oh, we got some. Hi. Somebody's waving to us. I just hope they don't slip. That's cute. Um, I have a vivid memory of like watching a live TV moment, which, you know, a lot of people just watched the the tragic one a few weeks ago with the Bills. I remember watching. I mean, tragic as well. In 2015, Madonna was performing at the Brit Awards, which I didn't know about, but 
coincidentally, I was in London at the time, and this award show was happening in London live on TV. And she's performing. I believe it was her first performance in a while. She has this long, dramatic cape on, and she takes an epic fall. She falls backwards down, like, you know, six sets of stairs on live TV in front of everybody. She plays it off like a true performer and a champ, gets back up and keeps doing her thing. And I think that just shows my age of, like, where I see Madonna because I don't... I don't know the Madonna in her prime. I mean, I know the songs that I found out that she sang later, but my lasting impression of her was her taking a major spill and at that time probably saying, like, you know, you might need to hang it up. Like, does that cachet of performing, like, people used to tell me, like, don't see Fleetwood Mac. Like, it's going to be disappointing. They're not as good. I did see them, and it was amazing, and it was a bucket list thing. So, you know, there's that where, like, you can say that somebody's too old or they're, it's not going to be the way that it used to be, but it's also not supposed to be. Like, clearly, this bizarre YouTube video, she's expressing her creativity. She's hanging around an interesting crew, using some celeb power to get, you know, the momentum behind this tour. And I think the one theme so far of, you know, the Hollywood award show season, which is only... Um, I guess it's three shows deep, two shows deep. There was the Golden Globes, and then there was the Critics' Choice Awards. Um, the theme so far is that people can make it and continue to be successful throughout their entire life, even that next act that people want to talk about. Jennifer Coolidge has been a big hit. Um, the guy who was in like the Steven Spielberg movie when he was little is winning everything for that movie. It's called Everything Everywhere All at Once. And their speeches are really kind of, you know, threaded with this thing that like I thought my career was over like I thought I was too old I thought I wasn't gonna get the parts anymore and when you watch some of the best tv right now the most prominent actors in it are you know probably in their 50s or greater and I think for me that is super encouraging I think for anybody whether you're in entertainment or in just any kind of professional career to know that people are going to still like give you your your flowers and give you opportunities and you have a huge window of time to become someone and to reinvent yourself and to you know get accolades and whatnot I think that's super encouraging so I think I'm team Madonna on this one go out and get that tour get that money I mean you know you're spending it faster than you can make it even when you're famous but I think it is encouraging because i I don't know. I mean, this is my last year, my 20s. Like, am I going to be discouraged if I'm not, you know, doing the things that I think or getting getting where I want to go because I didn't do it by the time I'm 30? Like, no. Like, people still get promoted. They become fucking vice presidents of companies when they're in their 60s, you know? And if there weren't people like Madonna or Jennifer Coolidge or actors that act when they're old, like, of course they could retire, but they could keep making money. And then who's going to play all the old people? Like, duh, it makes sense. I'd be more concerned about hiring, like, a 35-year-old to play a 19-year-old and never have I ever than I would about an older person just continuing their career and playing someone their age. So, Madonna, you got to let me know when these tickets go on sale. Um, Don't get near me with a piece of bread. I will not be demonstrating any um, salacious acts. However, I will be watching this YouTube video again tonight. And uh, it's someone's birthday in here, so I'm gonna I'm gonna log off now for real. I'll see you next Tuesday. <laughs>